Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host here on these podcasts. And I'm here as usual for our book review podcast with Amanda Robbie. Hello everyone. And uh, tell us what we've been reading this month, Amanda. Okay, we've been reading a book called The Art of Rest by Adam Mabry, who is an American pastor. Yes, and um, is this area of rest something you feel particularly you struggle with, Amanda? <gasps> it's a good question because I, I'm, I'm not the most driven person, but that, does, that doesn't necessarily mean the rest I take is, uh, is restful. Right. So he starts um, with this really nice illustration of, of sort of him and his wife on, on their day off. And he's all kind of, what shall we do today? And she's like, oh, let's just relax. And he's like, OK, but what are we going to do to relax? And <laughs> I, I feel like in that sort of scenario, you and I are more likely to be the ones saying, oh, let's just relax. Yes. Rather absolutely. than the ones saying, yes, but we need a plan and objectives and, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> but... I do know that when there is a plan and objectives, it's slightly better for me. That's uh, as my husband is quite good. He's he's more like the author of the book, I think, wanting to get things done. Yes. So he he is clearly writing this book from personal experience of being somebody who is very busy and um, likes to be very busy. Yes, and a, a, a very much a to do <coughs> list chat. Yes, and a sort of five-minute schedule for the whole day of where you've got to be when and an achiever and achiever, and and I think there is a sort of assumption throughout the book that he's writing to people who are quite like that. Yeah. But as somebody who is not very like that, I still found this book interesting and helpful. Yes, absolutely. I think um, his perspective on what rest is is helpful for those who are driven and. Uh, slightly resent rest and those who really want to uh, whose sort of default tendency is resting but not finding that very restful yes so I think I said at the end of our previous book review podcast and I, I still think this is true that laziness and idleness are not the same thing as rest yeah. at least in the way that he defines it and I think a helpful way of uh, understanding that is for those of us uh, maybe you've had a, a similar experience, uh, you know, so when you spend all evening sort of slogged out in front of the TV with your laptop in front of you, scrolling through social media, doing almost nothing, but actually you get to the end of that and you'd have been much better off just going to bed or doing something crazy because it's sort of exhausting, but also you don't yes. accomplish anything. And, and that tiredness where you, you don't get up and go to bed, yes. that sort of tiredness where I'm really exhausted, I'm just going to sit down and watch this TV programme. Mm. And then you watch another three yeah. and then you've gone to bed too late and you're even more tired than when you sat down. Yes, exactly. And he's quite good at talking um, throughout the book in different ways about the, the consequences of not being rested. So one of the, the sort of the way the book is structured is the, the bulk of it is talking about why we need to rest and, and sort of what that rest is. And then just the last chapter helps us to understand how we do that resting better. But as he's talking about why we rest, he gives some really good examples, I think, of some of the consequences of not being rested. And in particular, the relational consequences yes. of not being rested. And I'm sure, again, that's something we can all identify with that experience of being 
cross and irritable and losing our temper and all of those kind of things just because we're tired. Yeah. And I, I think that he, um, that the whole of the book, he calls it the art of rest. Mm. And it's, it, it's really a sort of meditation on rest, mm. the whole book, rather than a list of instructions on how to, rather than a to-do yes. list of how to rest. Yes. And um, there's a great line. It's, the book is full of great line, very sort of pithy yeah. summaries. Uh, and he says that biblical rest is less rule and more rhythm, less curmudgeonly restriction and more liberating art form. And I think there's, there's something in, in the whole book which makes you think, I'm going to have to sort of meditate on rest. I'm going to have to, I can't just sort of understand how to do rest and then do it. Yes. It's actually something that you develop and you maybe adjust in different seasons of your life. As, as, an, mm. as an instrument talks about mothers of young children, for instance, you know, it's a different kind rest. of rest that you um, can do there. Yes, and very difficult yes. to have a sort of <clears throat> structured rest in, in that stage mm. in life. And another part, you know, seasons of, of great intensity of, of work or something. But yeah, so there's this sort of um, uh, 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 vagueness to it, mm. but also a, a, yes. a, a creativity to it. it, it this yes. isn't a book of of rules of how to feel better rested. He's very funny, actually. In that last chapter where he's talking about um, ways to go about doing rest, he begins it by saying, no, if you just flip straight to this chapter because you wanted to know what to do to do yes. your rest better, <laughs> go back and read the rest of the book. And yeah. and I can just imagine the sort of person that, that has done that. He thought, well, you know, I know all this. Yeah, we've got, you know, got the book and, just, and we'll just yes, go to this. Exactly. And I did find, actually, slightly ironically, it was on my to-do list to read this book because yes. obviously we were going to be talking about it on the podcast. And, and as I was reading it, I did think, I really think I would be better off reading this book sort of one chapter a week slowly and, and restfully and thinking about it. But I was like, but I have to get on and read it to be able to talk about it. So I might even go back and do that because yes. it, it was one of those books that actually I felt something about the way that it is written helps you to do what it is telling you to do it's yes. just it's a restful book to read it in, is in a way. there's a lot of sort of um, moving around the idea of rest and considering mm. from different angles as i said a meditation on rest yes and actually as you meditate on rest that is a restful exercise. Yes, and there's even points where he says, now put the book down yes. and go away and think about this. Unfortunately, that was when I was really needing to get the book finished at that point. I was like, I can't put the book down, I need to get it finished. Exactly, but actually for somebody not reading it, with, I mean, don't set yourself a deadline to read it, I think. No. It's not a particularly long book. No, it's, I mean, it it's won't take you forever. But it's short with big writing, with a big font size, and it's only six chapters. So, But it, it's worth taking your time over, Absolutely. I would say. So um, those reasons that he gives, for why we need rest they are theological reasons aren't they yeah. um so we begin um thinking about how god rested um and we need rest to remember god's work of, of creation and um god's work uh, of redemption and i just i love this if i were satan and had as big a goal in life to make sure christians were as useless as they could be mm-hmm. I would set about trying to convince them all sounds all sorts of great sounding reasons to rarely and hopefully never get to what he calls the time temple that is yes, Sabbath, uh, that yes. is rest. I thought that was a wonderful illustration of what Sabbath is, the time temple. Yes. That, that we all understand that you know God dwells with his people in, in the Old Testament, tabernacles with them in the in the tabernacle and, and then in the temple, and then that time 
is the is the, the spiritual the, the time equivalent the next dimension yes. equivalent of 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 dwelling with yes. God and being with God. And I thought that was a very good yes. way of thinking about it and and a very helpful way of reminding ourselves. If you're the sort of person that will say, I am too busy to rest, mm-hmm. I have got too much to do, yeah. he, he points out that the person you're meeting with is God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's, you know, that, that's sort of hilarious. God literally made all things and is currently upholding the universe by his powerful word. Yeah. He is managing the control panel of history, hearing all the pleas, fielding a whole lot of complaints, keeping track of the ever-decreasing numbers of hairs on our heads, and we complain to him that we are busy. Yeah. And and just the sort of ludicrousness of that. Actually, you know, even God rests yes. from his work of creation. Yeah. Who are we to say that we don't have time to rest, that things will fall apart? Yes, without, and, so, you know, again, some terrific sort of pithy summaries. We don't worship work or its results. Mm. Uh, regular rest is practice by which we say with our lives the God who made the world rules the world and I trust him to do it better than me. Yes. That's that. Yes. That and I danger think, of thinking everything relies on us. Absolutely. I there's something I've thought for a while and I I have been thinking about rest quite a lot, particularly over the last eighteen months or so. I read um Christopher Ash's little book, Zeal Without Burnout, which is slightly different book from this because it's much more focused on ministry rather than just sort of life and rest in general. But I have been thinking about it. A lot and that sense of um, rest as an act of faith, yeah. which is what Sabbath is, and particularly not just the Sabbath day, although that certainly was. You know, you remember the, the sort of Israelites in the wilderness had to really trust that the manner that they weren't going to gather on the Sabbath day, God would still well, provide. And, and and Israelites in the promised land farming. Absolutely. You know, as a farmer, to, to not work yeah. when it's time, it's harvest time or, or, yeah. or sowing time. It's, but it's then so even more so that they were supposed to take the Sabbath year. And that's terrifying yeah. if you're in that sort of agricultural community. You know, but if I don't sow the seed this year, what will we eat next year? And, and actually to be able to say to God, and the same is true for us who aren't so directly connected to the land, say, Do you know what? it's okay if I don't finish this project that I'm supposed to finish on Sunday. Somehow if I wait till Monday, it'll be all right. Or I don't open my shop on a Sunday or I don't, whatever it is, if I take the time to rest, I trust that God will still provide. Is an act of faith. Yes, and... Uh, I think it's good to remember that it is for our good and in an ever more connected world where you just see people working for always catching up with their emails at the weekends from work or whatever. Actually, the discipline of not doing that is so good for us yeah. in, in, in our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with other people. But even just, just in our, in our humanity, actually, yes, exactly. um, you know, I don't think we see in general a world that is happier because people are now working more and more and more. I don't think that correlates at all. Yes, I, you know, as as a teenager, actually, I did try not to study on the mm. Sabbath, and I just look at the, the sort of the stress that young people are under now and think it would be really help, healthy if their teacher said, get all your work done on Saturday and take Sundays off. Yeah. Those sort of things yes. to actually to stop yourself feeling yeah. that everything depends on you and your effort. Yes. And so the sort of second section, he talks about it as remembering, but then mm. also um, rest being about who rescues us. Yes. And, you know, we think about 
um, Jesus obviously is our, our saviour uh, from our sin and the consequences of sin. But it's also, he's, he has this really helpful way of seeing it. Jesus is our saviour from putting our trust in other things that might save us. So embracing Jesus as my saviour means admitting that I need saving from systems that demand I keep working and achieving. I need saving from my own heart, which signs up to those systems because I want it to be about me. You know, actually the world tells us the way we will be all right is to work harder, to do more, to earn more, to look after ourselves. And Jesus is able to come in and say, no, no, you don't. Yeah. And take the rest that I've told you to take and remember that I'm the one yes. who rescues you. Hear the gospel remind you that you're not essential. Yeah. That your work could never build eternity. Exactly. And I think, I mean, the book is not written specifically for people in ministry, mm. but I do think that that has a particularly sharp application for those of us who are in ministry roles. It is very easy to begin to believe that building the kingdom depends on us doing more and more and more. Yes, and there is always more you can do. There is always more you can do. And actually... It, it is an exercise of faith to say, you know what, the Lord said he would build his church. So I'm going to trust that he will do that. And not that I'm going to be lazy, but I'm going to do my job. And then I'm going to do like God says and take some rest and trust that even while I'm resting, God is doing his work. Um, and I think, you know, that's a thing. It is, you know, burnout in ministry is, I think, an increasing problem as Absolutely. well as burnout in the world. And if we were more trusting of God, we would not have the kind of stress and anxiety that goes to that, but also we would take the rest. Um, and which, yeah, which helps us to keep going. Which helps us to keep going. Exactly. Um, we talked a little bit already about rest and relationships, um, but I think, you know, that is a, a hugely important um, aspect of it, particularly our relationship with God. So, he, he does eventually, on page 75, tell us what the art of rest is. The art of rest is about learning how to rest with Jesus, not how to rest from Jesus. So, so spending time with the Lord is the ultimate rest. Yeah. And actually, that's what we're called to, isn't it? Our heavenly rest yeah. is to be with the Lord for eternity. So yeah. that taking those times out in the week or even in the day, one of the things he suggests in the book is pausing in the day for rest to to pray or to take a short break and to remember the Lord is actually yeah you can build for the future yeah exactly and build rest in in those important um ways and I just I was slightly challenged by uh by that he talks about this a bit more later on as well but if rest is resting with Jesus rather than resting from Jesus why is it that I find it harder to have a quiet time on my day off <laughs> than on my work days? Why is it that I'm less likely to go to church when I'm on holiday than when I'm at home in my normal work week? And, I mean, you know, I could tell you all the reasons why I find that harder, but actually I oughtn't to. I ought to say, isn't this wonderful? I have this whole day for rest what would I like to do better than spend that resting with my saviour and resting uh, in his word and resting in my prayer life with him and resting in the fellowship of other 
members of his family and um, to prioritise those kinds of relation with God and relationship with his people kinds of rest. Um, yeah, so uh, relationships. And then, um, and then reward. So we talked about that a little bit already, the sort of heavenly aspect of rest. But even in this life, um, rest brings reward, doesn't it? Yes, it's good for you. Yes. Um, and uh, there, there are several rewards he mentions, isn't it? Mm. That that, that um, the sort of resting together gives us time to make memories, mm. uh, which is especially with family. Yeah. Um, and time to sort of remember who we are with the Lord. So that's... Mm. Um, you know, one of the original reasons uh, in the Old Testament that, that is given for the Sabbath is so that you have time to remember what God has done for you because we forget. That, I mean, you know, it's really easy to look at the Old Testament and think, how could the Israelites be so stupid that they kept forgetting yes. what God had done for them? But we're just the same. And and if we don't build in those rhythms of, of rest that give us time to remember that, we do forget. We do forget. And the more, forget, the more we forget, the less likely we are to... Um, to rest and remember and as you were speaking earlier mm. about um, how the devil's greatest scheme is to yeah. stop us resting there's this great quote from C.S. Lewis from the Screwtape Letters mm. uh, the senior devil uh, Wormwood writes do everything in your power to keep your patient from regular communion with our enemy and convincing that being busy in life and ministry is an acceptable excuse not to spend regular time in prayer yeah so that is... That's a lie we really easily believe, isn't it? It is, absolutely. You know, I do all this stuff. I do all this stuff for church. I don't have time for quiet time, but it's fine. I'm doing all this stuff. I, I Yeah. we You know, we lie to ourselves and we believe the lies that, that the devil tells us about that. Yes. I, I, I really enjoyed his um, little uh, section as well on the reward of anticipation. Yes. So that rest is... We enjoy that when we have good rest uh, with the Lord, it's great, but it also leads us a little bit restless because we, we actually is designed to help us to look forward, to anticipate yes. um, our, 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 our time with him in glory. Uh, uh, C.S. Lewis calls it, our best havings are wantings. Yes, actually, even the most wonderful times that we experience now there's always an end to them. There's always something else that, that's slightly impinging on that or, you know, that we're going to have to, um, you know, stop and go to bed and go to work the next day or whatever it is. And it does leave us longing or should leave us longing um, for that um, eternal rest. Yes, I wasn't completely sure by this, uh, about this analogy of the airport terminal. <laughs> But he sort of describes, you know, rather than kind of rushing through the airport terminal to, to try and catch your flight, get there early, get there early and have a nice dinner. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure dinners in airport terminals quite quite carry the same weight that, that he gives them, maybe. Yes, I think I think the idea is that making self, yourself space for things to be pleasant. Yes. To yes. actually be um, enjoyable, even when it's, you know... And life is, is, is it can often feel like a great big treadmill. He talks about treadmills. Yes. And actually to get off all the treadmills um, that we have to spend time with the Lord. And that, I think that's where he's trying to head, isn't it? So um, 
he does then come to this final chapter with with some suggestions of what we would what we could do that would be restful. Yeah. I wondered um, whether there are any of those that you were surprised by or felt particularly oh that's something I need to to start more proactively doing or thinking about. Yeah, I I did like his uh, idea that to build in small allowances throughout the day mm. to breathe, eat, pray, uh, breathe, pray, eat, reflect, and worship. Mm. Um, so putting in that sort of rhythm, as you know, ancient monasteries did, or uh, very much a sort of uh, has been a practice in the yes. Christian church for millennia. Um, yes, yeah, so I've I've started. I mean, I'm rubbish at it, but I have started trying to put in. So I'm particularly bad at doing that um, on a work day, and so what I've started trying to do is put in in my my sort of work diary. I have a sort of one that gives you an hourly thing throughout the day, is to just kind of highlight every couple of hours and that's a, oh, I'm supposed to stop and pray then. Yes. And I don't always remember to do it, but I'm I'm trying to, to make that more of a regular practice. Yes, and, and you can get various schedules. And um, I know I found online uh, once the Valley of Vision, that, that great prayer book, uh, you can get a sort of suggestions for, I don't know, praying th- three prayers a day from that prayer book. And you can print it out and follow that that sort of thing. And I do think it is good to have those plans. Sometimes, if we're having meal times, we we have a plan for prayer because we're saying grace, and that can be extended. Can't mm. Mm. Um, I thought that was good. And yes, yes and he sort of has like a different um, sort of um, levels as well. So there is the sort of build it in every day, but also to think about, um, you know, he talks about how he and his wife have have tried to work out a pattern where each of them gets a couple of days away at some point during the year so that they've got some uninterrupted yes. um, intentional time for rest and I, reflection. I had a friend, um, a vicar's wife friend I um, chatted with once and she talked about how she had scheduled in quiet days for every fifth Monday, very Anglican, yeah. so that we don't have five-week months very often, but when they come up, if yes. there's a Monday, a, a fifth Monday, she would take that day to have a quiet day and that's how she sort of yeah, so you it. get it two or three times a year or something like yeah. that, but it would just... You and then know she would go somewhere and spend time. That it was out in your diary and you didn't pick other things in. Exactly. So I, I like the, that sort of... Cre- you know, he talks about creativity in the way that yeah. you do this yeah. um, and the way that you find this out. Yeah, and so in terms of the things that you actually do, yes. sleep is, is okay. Yes. Take a nap, sleep in, go to bed early. The world won't break just because you're not awake. Yes. There we go. Uh, reading. Yes, and particularly uh, reading the Bible. Yes. Um, when was the last time you gave yourself an hour or two to just sit down and enjoy reading the whole of Mark, for example? Yes. Yeah, um, good, good thing to... Good challenge. And prayer. Yeah. Um, Reflection. I think that's something I'm not very good at, is, mm. is actually taking time not just to, to kind of pray and, and read but then also really chew over and yes he consider go, he and, suggests journaling that sort of thing yeah um, and actually the the time when I have been best at doing that has been when I've been doing bible journaling with sort of I have one of those bibles that you can color in and paint and yeah and it sort of takes an hour or so and that gives me the time while I'm doing that to reflect he interestingly uses this uh word avocation mm. um which strange avocation I think I would say that but I don't know anyway. um, but anyway it basically means a hobby yes <laughs> and it, which is lovely and yeah uh, yeah it's um uh, we uh, another friend of mine I remember said uh, donkeys years ago oh it's we should all have a, ho- a lifetime hobby that you can mm. enjoy for life 
it's when we were in our 20s, I think. Um, but that idea that you would find something that you do and are passionate about mm. and enjoy and is restful, creative, and something you can carry with you through life, whether it's uh, photography or uh, craft activity or sailing, collecting or... stamps or yes. something that you that you enjoy, which is just part of God's good creation, and to and to be. Yeah, God made a great world and enjoying it is one way we worship him and I move to praise him. Absolutely. Um, and then he also has recreation, which um, is slightly different. He says, unlike avocation, recreation is purely playful. Yes. It's not about building, it's about bonding. It's just having fun. So, I mean, I sort of combine those two things, really. So the thing that I do on my day off is go to an art class. So, you know, I don't know, it's my lifetime hobby because I get quite bored easily and I like new hobbies all the time but I do love doing creative things and art things but I also go and spend time with six women every week and we laugh a lot and it's also the time in the week that I regularly spend with people who aren't Christians and so for me it's an entirely different thing from my work life it um you know it provides a lot of these things that he's talking about yes, in, and in relationship and bonding and fun and creativity and one of the things we try and do quite regularly um with our children is uh to, to play games and yes. uh, we're not sort of big board get you know three-hour board game family we all have very short attention spans but we have <laughs> we have now built up quite a resource of 10 minute card games some of which are yeah. quite hilarious that you can just exactly sometimes you just get them out after supper and and have a quick yeah. game before everyone goes off and does different things yeah. or whatever uh eat of course is an excellent way to it is and i think um this is something that i've been trying to do um the last six months or so i've been trying to think quite hard about what i do on sundays and i think we we should say actually he's not sabbatarian he's not saying your day off has to be sunday um, he's not, you know, kind of a sort of no work at all on a Sunday sort of person necessarily. And, you know, someone in ministry, his day off is a different day in the week and, and so on. But anyway, I don't work on Sundays and I, I do try and think about how do I do that in a better way. And one of the things that I do, well, there are two things that I try and do around the area of food. First is I try and make sure I've done all my washing up on Saturday. That's such good advice. It just... I'm not good at housework. I'm not good at washing up. But I do find that if I've made myself do it on Saturday, I enjoy Sundays so much more. And then the other thing that I try and do is generally I don't do a lot of hospitality in my house because it's very tiny and and I'm also, I like time on my own. But I do try and think, oh, I'll get something nice in for a Sunday. So I might get some smoked salmon for breakfast on a Sunday or I might get a piece of steak or I might get you know something that feels like a treat that says you know this is a bit it's a bit special and different and I'm going to enjoy it as our children were going up and still today even <laughs> uh, Sundays has been the day for sweeties so Sunday sweeties after Sunday lunch has been the thing the idea that that's a treat yes so partly for their sake of their teeth but also for the sake of having saying, something special and special on Sundays um, I think that's right I think it w- I think it's a real shame if somehow your your sort of family day off together becomes a day that everyone thinks is the most kind of miserable, boring day because it's about stuff you're not allowed to do. And actually, you know, we want our families to be growing up excited about that. You know, that should be your best day of the week. So thinking about, well, what are the treats that we have? Yes, I, I, I think possibly one of the surprising things was singing. <laughs> yeah. And, and his family open hymnals and sing around the piano yeah unfortunately oh yeah 
my Ross's godson, yeah. your your my youngest, does play the piano, but probably not enough for us all to be I singing. I was say, yeah. I'm not sure that I've ever been here where everyone's been gathered around the piano singing hymns. No. And, and also, I think, I mean, for me, because I try and, and do proper day of rest on Sunday, obviously that comes in part of being together with God's family and praising and worshipping God uh, in in that sort of way. Um, and something else I would add to, the, to this list is acts of service. He doesn't really okay. include, but I think, again, with that sort of slight caveat of not your job. So, you know, if you're a doctor, you haven't got to go and do doctoring as an act of service on your day off. But, you know, if you're somebody, for example, yeah, who could make a meal for somebody in your church or who could go and help out someone who needs their lawn mowing or just need someone to sit with them for an hour or two, you know, that could be a great way of spending some of your rest day in service of other people. Yes. And um, enjoyably, those things are exactly. enjoyable when you bless others, aren't they? Exactly. So one of the things that I think is really clear is we're not supposed to be working so hard for six days a week that all we can do on our day of rest is lie around. Collapse in a heap. Collapse in a heap. Um, and actually part of if we're going to rest well, we do need those sort of daily rhythms. Yes, it, it does. This book is not just about how to recover on, on the seventh day. Exactly. It's about, uh, or, or whatever day yeah. you're taking the first day, uh, it's about building rest into our rhythms, making sure our rhythms mm. are are godly exactly and the same i think is true you know many people will be at this time here looking forward to going away for their summer holiday and again it's not that we should be exhausting ourselves so much for 11 and a half week months of the year so that when we go on our two weeks holiday all we can do is collapse on the beach actually we need to have better daily and weekly habits of rest so that we can really go and enjoy that rest creatively yes. and appropriately and with the lord there is there is that danger isn't there of having a week where you collapse at the weekend and having a a, a term where you collapse in the school holidays if you have children mm-hmm. and, and and a year when you collapse in at the summer or at christmas and th- that's not a good way for us to be living our lives in terms no. of uh, resting well no and and being godly because when we're not well rested, that's when our relationships suffer, our godliness suffers. Yeah. yeah. Tired yes. people make bad decisions and behave badly. Yes, I know. Some, something I um, have only noticed relatively recently is that for Adam and Eve, the first day that they experienced after they were created was the rest day. Yes. It's not that they're resting, it's at the end of their week, but actually you work from your rest day in order to be refreshed to do everything you need to do, rather than working towards it so that you cope and recover from your exhaustion on your rest day. And I think think that would really transform a lot of how we think about work and rest, if we we try and see it working out of rest. We do actually see Sunday as the first day of the week, and not the seventh, which is, in my mindset, is the the sort of last day, and Monday you reset, but actually that Sunday should be that day of refreshment. Yeah. We reset the week from. Yes. Um, just finally, we do, we do need to finish, but I was very struck by a little section in the very last chapter about evangelistic rest. Yes. How could we use rest as, a, as part of an effective evangelistic strategy? Yes, and um, he talks about um, 
creating heavenly culture in our homes, marriages, children, churches. And something in our church, we, we, are key, we, we do it fairly regularly, which is meeting for lunch. And, but less regularly, we have met for lunch and then sort of carried on to the afternoon to play games and to sort of have a family party. Mm. And we would love to be doing that more because I think there's less of that happening around. So people don't do that. And everyone absolutely is very refreshed by yes. it when it happens. And I know when we have those church family times, we are always all refreshed. And not rushing away to do something else. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? I think I just, I think it, he talks about it as a, a countercultural yes. thing. And I think it's incredibly attractive to people who are living these busy, stressful planned out to the minute lives haven't got time to do anything to see christians living differently from that and i think too often as christians we live in a way that just adds church and christian activities as a whole extra level of busyness thing to do, on top yes. of, and actually we make it look very unappealing people are like well i'm already exhausted i don't want to go out you know another night of the week sunday morning is the only time we have to rest with the family why would i want to go out to church but actually if we can live lives that are restful in this sort of way i think that could become a very appealing what way of living that the world can say how do i get that sort of rest yes and sometimes churches as churches we're we're oh, we don't want to demand too much time from people mm. people have busy lives we we want to give them all their spiritual input in a short amount mm. of time and then they can go off and rest at home but mm. actually a witness of resting together and yes. um, being the people of god together showing how good good relationships work showing how um Jesus makes a difference to whether you relate across cultures, across ages, um, across class. Actually, that can be, a, I think, a terrific witness. And yeah. certainly when people have spent time with our church family, when we've been having that sort of fun, they've always been delighted to yes. do so. Yeah, so there's, there's maybe a challenge for those of you who are involved in, in running churches and, and planning church programmes, just to think about how are you enabling your church to rest together and and how that's a witness to your community we need to um draw to a close now so amanda just over the summer we we've got a slightly different plan for our podcast haven't we we've got a whole stack here of small books yes from our friends at the good book company and 10 of those and also uh, i've got one from oh yes london institute for christianity so we've got a whole little pile um, and we're going to do try and do some sort of short little yes. podcasts. The, the sort of books that you could read um, on your plane journey or on a train. Yeah, or, or on a beach if you just want to say, well, I, d I do want to rest, but I want to rest with the Lord. Yes. So I'm going to take something, you know, one thing that I need to meditate on. And it on. might only take an hour to read less than that, some of these. Um, but it will give me something to reflect on and, and think yes. about with the Lord. So we've got a whole range of different subjects. We're going to do short and snappy, restful podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Podlets. Podlets that will be coming out uh, on a sort of regular basis over the summer. So do watch out for those. Thank you so much for listening and tune in again next time. Bye.